Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. Uh, I have Bokai Ju. He's an assistant professor in the Department of Medicine at uh, Pitt, P-I-T-T. And we're going to talk about uh, circadian rhythms and uh, circadian clocks. So, Bokai, thanks for coming. How are you doing? How are we doing all good? I mean, uh, you know, under the circumstances, you know, we still work at home. Mm. And uh, share research is, you know, I like to share research with everyone. Okay. Uh, well, very good. Tell me about your research. What are you working on? So, uh, broadly speaking, uh, I'm working on um, biological rhythms or oscillations. So, you know, I think everyone is familiar with, you know, um, rhythms. Uh, we sleep, uh, we have this 24-hour sleep-wake cycle, we have feeding, uh, fasting cycles, and pretty much like all the life on Earth, they, 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 they have certain rhythms. And when people talk about oscillations, you know, there are three uh, major parameters. That is the uh, period, phase, and um, amplitude. So uh, in terms of period, that basically means how long, uh, how often uh, every cycle repeats itself. So the most common um, oscillation that exists in uh, life forms on Earth is 24-hour circadian rhythm. Uh, so circadian actually means circadian, that means actually around the day. So circadian rhythms mm-hmm. actually means um, the other rhythms, the cycle with a period of close to 24 rhythms. And, uh, so when I started out my research uh, in postdoc trainings, actually I, I, I began to uh, study this. And then uh, we, I studied this 24-hour oscillation for like three, four years. Um, that's up to, I think, around 2017. So uh, I don't know, as someone may know that actually uh, three years ago, the Nobel Prize in Physiology Medicine was awarded to three uh, scientists who discovered the circadian rhythm, circadian clock in flies. So the whole field oh, wow. actually, yeah, well, the whole field actually on the circadian field was, you know, was well recognized. And, uh, you know, people have been really taking these this, this rhythms very seriously. Uh, but, you so know, are you what, studying it in, in people or what so, are you studying about it? So for, for me, is I normally, I use a mouse uh, as, a, as a, mo- a model to study these rhythms. And so... The thing is, you know, uh, when you when the whole field was recognized and Nobel Prize was given, that one thing the, there's a positive uh, aspect. It means you know people appreciate that, but there's also I think the downside is you know um, that means when the Nobel Prize was given, that means you know everyone think the whole field was was saturated, like everything was pretty much known. So there's really nothing new, really fundamentally uh, new or groundbreaking to uh, to uncover. So you know, for me, it's I, I, I'm I want to start my career. I want to do something that's, you know, more creative, more innovative. It's not something that's been well studied. So actually, I started to move, shift my my focus from this 24-hour rhythm to uh, a. So these are also oscillations, but they're called ultradian oscillations. So ultradian means um, rhythm the cycle with a period smaller than. So these uh, oscillations are much less known. 
uh, that exist in uh, different species from from lower animal up to human, but really no one really know what they are, how they uh, what they do, and how they're regulated. So this, I think, I see opportunity for myself, my own career, because you know I, I found a new uh, novel niche where I think I can really make some potentially uh, groundbreaking discoveries on this new. Well, what 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 questions do you want to answer about it? So the question is like everything. Because that, that's, the, that's, that's the best thing about doing something that no one knows is that everything about this circle title cloud is unknown. So, you know, the question would be what, uh, how are they regulated? What are they, what are functions of these 12 hour oscillations? How evolutionarily conserved are they? Can we really manipulate these 12 hour oscillations uh, to, you know, impact human health, impact diseases? There's like so many questions we can ask, we can tackle. And that makes really makes me very very exciting. Uh, very excited to pursue this new uh, rhythm and uh, discover something like fundamentally or uh, groundbreaking. So, so that's kind of like my research is focused on um, uh, since 2017. So for, for the past three years, my focus actually shifted to altruistic rhythms. So that's that's like that's where I'm at okay. now. So what? Um what happens during the cycle in mice? What yeah. you know? So that's do we even know all the things that change and how this? So that's that's very interesting. You know, when I started looking at these new rhythms, I began to appreciate how different uh, these twelve-hour rhythms are uh, compared to the twenty-four hours. So even though they are all rhythms, but they are really fundamentally different. Um, they are controlled by completely different uh, molecular pathways. Uh, they're functionally also very di different, and their evolution origin are also distinct. So I think I want to start it out with this evolution origin. That's very, uh, very interesting. So the reason why uh, the circadian rhythm, the 24-hour rhythm exists on Earth is because of the 24-hour light-dark cycle, because, you know, we, the, the, that's the way, like, the whole universe was designed. We, the, the, rotation of the Earth is 24 hours, so the, the animals that live on Earth need to adapt to this 24-hour light-dark cycle. So they develop through evolution, you know, they develop the 24-hour rhythm. For this 12-hour rhythm, it turned out actually the 12-hour rhythm was, 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 was designed to adapt to the 12-hour tidal rhythms. So you, if you live close to the ocean, if you like to surf, you know that uh, during a day, we experience too high tide and too low tide at interval of 12 hours. So there's certain marine, marine animals, uh, uh, crustaceans, fish, crabs, you know, these marine animals, their dominant rhythm at 12 hours. So normally they came out of the ocean or uh, when the tide is uh, recede or, or, or vice versa. So these are the, these rhythms are actually trained or adapted tidal rhythms. And it turned out actually the, the 12, 12 rhythms that exist in higher animals, including uh, mouse and even humans, they are actually evolutionally conserved. They are evolved from the Asian, uh, I call the circuit tidal clock, from the marine animals. Even though we don't live uh, in the ocean, we don't sense these tidal cues anymore, but somehow, you know, these rhythms uh, is still there, it's preserved. That, that definitely means that there have got to be very important uh, physiological functions, right? Otherwise, evolution will now select for it. So that's, I think, is one very interesting aspect of twelve rhythms. And it has also have a, a, a origin that's connected to this moon in trained tidal cube. 
that's very no. that's one of the fascinating aspect of these new rhythms. Wait, so because the mice have a twelve-hour rhythm, which relates to the tides, it also relates to the moon. Yes, that's what we're thinking. Yes, that's the current thinking of of this twelve-hour so, rhythm. So, yeah, what do you see then um, when the moon is waxing and waning, and you know? So, um, how do you overlay these cycles, and then what do you see? So the thing is. Uh, well, when I when I so that's something that I need to be how to say uh, more very careful about making a like a really a direct uh, sorry uh, I have to be very careful of making a direct connection between uh, the moon and the rhythms in in higher animals like us because we don't think really like if we somehow if the our our own rhythms really bonding directly to the uh, the moonlight. I don't think that's 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 the uh, the reason for these rhythms in mammals. We uh, so so the the scientific words uh, I prefer to use is called co-opt, C-O-O-P-T. So this the co-opt means so we use these twelve-hour rhythms which are designed for something else in lower animals, but it's redesigned for something else. So that's that's called co-option. So we think is that in marine animals, definitely these rhythms was really consensing the tidal directly. But somehow, when the uh, the animals during evolution transition from the ocean to inland, uh, these rhythms actually is not really sensing to let's say the moonlight or the tidal cues, but it's sen sensing something else. Which uh, in my mind actually is sensing uh, the stress. I think it's sensing the stress that. Uh, Accumulates during the transitional period uh, in in the morning uh, and uh, in the early evening. So, so why not? Why not? If you do think that the moon may have a role, why not look at the twelve-hour clock in a given mouse and then see if it correlates with the phases of the moon for some reason? Yeah. So if it doesn't, it, uh, then you can throw that out. If it does, never, then... never did experiment because uh, you know moon mice they uh, the active. So the, the way we do experiment is always in the uh, in the lab, and then we, we always maintain the mouse in the uh, environment, which is 12 hour light and 12 hour dark. So basically the light is on for 12 hours and shut off for another 12, uh, 12 hours. So there's really no, how say, um, change in the tone of the light. It's always, it's on or off, it's black and white. There's no great uh, reading, there's no gradient. It would be cool to, to study whether, you know, the, the dim light, or the bright light can influence these rhythms. That's a definitely a possibility, but we never haven't really studied that. And another in interesting aspect of this rhythm is that it's it's um even though it's uh, responding or can be uh, entrained by these environmental cues like such as light, uh, food, temperature, but they can also oscillate in absence of these cues. So that is. So that's that's the most interesting aspect of rhythm because that means that there's a internal uh, clockwork, or there's an internal play, pacemaker that is responsible for establishing and maintaining the rhythm that's independent of external cues. So, so that's true also for the circadian and the twelve rhythm. So these rhythms can be observed in, even in a cell, uh, in a petri dish. So you don't technically you don't really need a tide or moonlight to uh, establish the rhythm. They are there by itself. There's a there's a molecular. Yeah, Right, if they're there already, then why not just overlay the, you know, the, the cycles of the moon and see, hmm, right now there's a time of the new moon. Weird, we're noticing these hormones are particularly troughing. Or, right now it's a full moon. Huh, it's correlating somehow. It's weird. You know? 
so uh, when you talk about that, that's actually is called circular lunar rhythm. It's not the tidal. So um, tide, moon can actually uh, enjoy two different rhythms. So yeah. what you mentioned actually is the rhythm, the cycle, uh, that's a monthly cycle rhythms, like full moon, percent moon, right? Does the, 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 this, this is a longer rhythm, which cycles every month, every 28 days. But what I'm working on actually is, uh, it's called circuit tidal rhythm, which cycle every 12 hour rhythm. So it doesn't really responding to, let's say a full moon or crescent moon, but rather responding to the, um, the tidal, which happen every, every single day, actually I have every 12 hours. So it's, a, it's another aspect of the moon which I think is independent of the light, of the, at least independent from the luminosity of the light. It's really more dependent on the tidal rhythms, which are indirectly caused by the gravity pull of the moon, rather than by the light emitted by are the you, moon. Are you, um, so in the lab, are you just turning on and off the lights at the appropriate times to see the, you know, the cycling or the absence of cycling? Or what are you doing? So, so um, I have, like I said, um, you don't need light. So the the real experiment actually is mice up under just put under normal uh, under I'm sorry under constant darkness. So the light is completely off. There's so we, we try to avoid external cues. We try to avoid external uh, or environmental influence on the rhythms because we we want to make sure that these rhythms they are so autonomous and they they're not disturbed by potential environment. But when when once you really describe if you disrupt the light cycle, you will disrupt the rhythm. If you disrupt a normal behavior of the mice, for example, by feeding the mice at different time of the day, or feeding the mice with different food, uh, unhealthy food, uh, like high fat, like food with rich in um, fat, you will disrupt the rhythm. And when, when we see that anything that disrupts uh, a normal uh, rhythm of the mice will have uh, deleterious effect on the clock and also ha will have negative impact on the health of the mice. So it appears that maintaining a normal cycle of both circadian and 12 rhythms are essential for maintaining, uh, I said, like uh, normal homeostasis of the mice. And uh, so, so uh, very importantly, that this rhythm definitely play a very important role in regulating diseases. Uh, so that's why, that's kind of like one of the uh, area of my research in the lab is to figure out how these rhythms really tie into diseases, not just in mice, but also potentially in human. So that's-, that's So they're, that's in, they're, in, they're, in, they're in darkness all the time. And what's so, happening during the 12 hour period? What do you observe? So what we see is actually these rhythms, they, um, so the rhythm goes up and down, right? So um, most of the rhythms, uh, or the uh, gene expression or activity of metabolism, so they actually are very interested in the peak during uh, dawn and dusk. So they, this, the clock, the 12-hour clock, actually their activity during the traditional period in the morning and in the dusk. It's very different from the 24 rhythms. So, um, so what we're thinking is that during this, so the, uh, the analogy of the 12 rhythms is, um, is the traffic on the highway. It's the rush hour on the highway. So uh, during the two rush hours, we have heavy traffic, uh, uh, right? Like more people go to work. So there's a traffic, and so what, what I'm thinking is actually there's also traffic uh, in in the cell during the same period uh, for two rush hours. Uh, so that that traffic was not caused by car, but rather by caused by in, uh, uh, gene expression, um, protein expression, uh, like molecular events. 
uh, during these two rush hours. And what this 12 o'clock does is like what this uh, HOV lane does to, to a highway. We, we try to accommodate or alleviate the highway traffic. So that through two, hour, two rush hours, um, a lot, lot of proteins, a lot of genes are expressed trying to accommodate this heavy traffic. Uh, so, so if we lose the clock, that there will be a traffic jam, okay, in the cell, and a lot of proteins will be will be unable to be correctly uh, processed for secretion. There are there a lot of the proteins. There, lot, there will be a lot of proteins misfolded and accumulated in the cell because you know the HOV lane was shut down. You know, everyday metaphor. And then that but how do you know? Are you looking at the with the transcriptomics of mice at certain points in the cycle? Exactly. Is that what you're so doing? Yes, we we look like transcriptome, proteomic, metabolome, like every aspect of the omics, and we see these you know interesting um, oscillations that uh, most of the oscillation again peak at these two rush hours, and we see the genes, you know, the the transcriptome, the genes that do have, show this so-called behavior they are really enriched in biological pathways that process either our MRA or protein. So, so, so they, they, they act as a vehicle to, to basically regulate the capacity of genetic information flow from the nucleus to, um, to, to uh, yeah, up and then to cytosol and even out of the cell. So when you make hormones, you know, you, you, need, you need to secrete the hormones. So the whole 12 o'clock does is kind of like act as a vehicle that controls the whole capacity of this genetic information flow. So that's that's and also the whole thing that the, what what we found in in, uh, in mouse or in human, uh, like transcriptome, uh, proteomic, and metabolome, these changes are also happening in these marine animals. Same genes, same proteins, the same metabolites. They also show the same twelve rhythms in marine animals, which again support this this, this hypothesis, evolution hypothesis. The male top rhythms actually evolved from the circuital clock from marine animals. The whole thing is, is really conserved, evolution conserved, regardless of whether we live in the ocean or not. Okay, so, so you're identifying that what every 12 hours is a flurry of activity of transcripted uh, elements, things going on in these cells, and then it's what? It, is it quiet within the 12 hours, or are there certain sub times are peaking? So for the polar rhythms, they are, I'll say, uh, they're really more uniform. Uniform. The genes that do behave in the 12 rhythms way, they are more, how to say, uh, their, their faces are highly restricted to these two time points. So I think that, and also they're much more evolutionally conserved compared to the 24-hour circadian rhythms. So actually we think the 12-hour clock or the 12 clock actually evolved earlier than the 24-hour circadian. I think they, 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 they come up uh, first because during evolution, I think you sense the tidal cues first, then you Begin to sense uh, you know, when you live in the ocean, you really don't really sense much of a light, too much of a light changes, but rather these tidal changes. And they, this, these rhythms uh, behave very similarly, and they're controlled by uh, proteins, factors in a very coherent fashion. So that they're very, and so we, we think that uh, it's more conserved and tightly, more tightly regulated um, compared to the circadian clock. Okay, so. I mean, I know you have a lot to work on. What do you think is going to be some insights that you're going to be getting in the next, you know, year or two? What's coming close? So we try. One of the direction is is uh, aging. So we, we want to study how these twelve rhythms are uh, really how they tied into aging. And there's some preliminary uh, data which shows very some very interesting uh, um, 
expect. So we actually, we, we, what we see in, in mouse is that once the mice gets older, uh, these 12 algorithms became 24 hour rhythm. So there's a period conversion. There's a change in the same gene. Originally young mice cycle with a normal 12 rhythm, but once the mice get older, this 12 rhythms in 24. So there's clearly is a very prevalent reprogramming going on. So it appears that it's actually, it's, it's a flexible. You know, the, the, the rhythms are now fixed. There are certain things that can affect uh, the periodicity, the amplitude, or even the phase of the rhythms. And so we, we're trying to figure out how these two rhythms, you know, how they convert, whether this conversion of reprogramming is, is driving the aging process. And if so, can we find new or innovative ways to prevent this uh, reprogramming? So if we can stop the 12 rhythm, 12 hour rhythm to become, uh, from becoming this 24 rhythm, maybe we can slow down aging. So that's, that's just some like translational aspects in my lab. And uh, some other area is, can we really, you know, how, how can we uh, explore these rhythms to, you know, to, uh, to other diseases, uh, to other tissues, to other organs? Uh, for example, we, we, we have some preliminary data suggesting these 12 rhythms, they actually uh, ex uh, exist in the hippocampus of the brain, you know, which is, you know, which is very important for memory formation, memory consolidation. And a um, lot of um, neurodegenerative diseases like uh, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, you know, they, they hit uh, hippocampus. And it turned out in the 12 rhythms in the controls protein homeostasis. So another, you know, very preliminary or like hypothesis is that maybe in patients, in humans with, with Alzheimer's or Parkinson's, they have a disrupted 12-hour clock in the brain. And that may be one of the underlying uh, contributors to this um, desired diseases. So there's a lot of things that can be done on these rhythms and, uh, and study how this disruption, this 12-hour oscillation may drive a variety of different diseases. So we think maybe the disruption of the 12-hour clock is a hallmark of, of, of aging, the hallmark of, of um, morbidity of diseases, like no average that people ignore or missed in the past, but appears that that's potentially the case. Yeah, I guess that you could time your eating, time your taking of drugs, time a lot of things according to your particular box and subclass. Yes, exactly. And that may exactly. Help a lot. Exactly. So this is called this is a concept called chronotherapy. Uh, um, that's first proposed by the circadian biologist. You know, people basically means you, you need to treat uh, people uh, at specific time of day. You know, you need to take drugs or uh, a specific time of day. If you give a drug at wrong wrong time of day, will not be effective. And there are some um, 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 examples where that's true. You know, if you uh, administer a drug at wrong time, it could be toxic instead of uh, effective. And that is based on the circadian clock, you know, but, uh, but I think the whole, the same concept can also apply to 12 rhythms. If that's the case, it may, maybe means, you know, you, you need to take drugs twice a day. Maybe you, you need to take certain drugs only in the morning after you wake up and in the uh, 6 a.m. or 6 p.m. before sleep. So maybe you need to, the interval of drug, taking drugs potentially also matters. Instead of taking every day, once every day, probably you need to take some drugs twice every day at specific times. So there's a lot of potential applications of like specific research into uh, even clinical practice. Um, so that's another, uh, you know, uh, aspect of my research, uh, translational aspect of my research. Well, Bokai, it's very interesting. Um, we're out of time. Uh, our clock has run out. Uh, what, what's the best <laughs> way for people to keep pace with you and see what you're researching and learn about it? So uh, come to a website. 
<laughs> and uh, you know, I uh, I have there's some uh, news coverage on my research. You know, whenever I publish paper, I really want to uh, you know um, reach out to um, news agencies and try to get the uh, the lay public know about research. Actually, from the, for the original uh, discovery at twelve o'clock, uh, quite a number of uh, news coverage is um, there's a Science Daily, some other uh, journals, uh, popular science journal. They you know they, they cover my story. And so I think that's a really good way. You know, you need to let the public to know about your research. Uh, so I would try my best, you know, to do more podcasts or, you know, do more interviews um, so that people will know about my research and appreciate the importance, the importance and how we can really, uh, you know, change our, uh, our behavior, uh, you know, to make sure that our behavior is uh, adapted to this normal cycle. Because we, we know that if, if you if you have a disrupted signal clock, you, you are really more likely to you know to develop a lot of diseases. So I think uh, the, the whole rhythms, the, the field of rhythms, is very important. You know, for everyone, for everyone else. So we, we need to listen to you know what yeah. scientists say. Well, very good. Well, well, Kai, thanks for coming on the call and uh, keep researching. This stuff's really important, and I'm glad you're looking at it. No problem. Thanks. Thanks for having me. If you like this podcast please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.